The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice-building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential-focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Psychotherapist Podcast. I'm your host, Raina Lombardi, and today I'm going to share with you a solo episode where I am talking a bit about boundaries with your business and um, the importance of those and how they might show up in different ways. Um, And I was inspired to create this episode uh, based on the work of Terry Cole. Um, If you're not familiar with her, she has written a book called Boundary Boss. And um, I just started diving into it myself. And it's incredibly um, affirming in terms of, you know, really being clear, really holding true. And when we do, how much um, freedom and joy uh, that opens up for us. And um, with her book, she has written a boundaries bill of rights. And, um, And so what I thought I would do is kind of go through her list of the Boundary Boss Bill of Rights and kind of talk about how those relate to boundaries in your business. I think as therapists, we're all really aware that we need to establish ethical boundaries with our clients. And um, and that might come a little bit easier because we're used to practicing those. But when it comes to holding boundaries that are for ourselves um, within our business or holding a boundary with the business itself um, around policies or systems that you've created um, to operate, um, those might not come as easy, or um, some of us may have more challenges with that than others. So if you identify with um, maybe feeling guilty um, about not doing enough work or not completing the tasks that you had set out to accomplish at the end of the day, um, not really knowing how to structure things and stay true to that structure in order to accomplish the goals that you're setting out to accomplish in your business, then this might be a helpful episode for you. So Terry's first um, bill, first bill in the Bill of Rights is you have the right to say no or yes to others without feeling guilty. And I think for a lot of us starting off, when we just start off, I know that this comes up in terms of like saying no to clients that we might have experience working with in the past, and we might be highly knowledgeable um, in being able to help them with their particular issue, but they don't necessarily align with the niche that we're trying to create in our business, but we might say yes um, because we're fearful that we, if we say no to that client, that we're not going to have enough clients, that we're not going to make enough money um, and that kind of thing. So people might say yes to clients that 
they're really not aligned with serving anymore. And of course, what happens when we say yes to something that we really wanted to say no to, um, that of course brings up um, or potentially could bring up feelings of frustration, feelings of resentment um, that could lead to some counter-transference with the client um, that might not be helpful uh, in the long run in your work together. Um, another way that uh, this might come up is making exceptions. So there's a variety of ways that that could surface. Like um, one could make an exception for a time slot, right? Say, you know, you had said, I'm not going to see clients after 6 p.m. anymore. I really want to get home with my family so that I can have dinner at seven versus coming home at eight and, um, and eating super late at night. Um, but you have somebody who's very, um, I don't want to use the word pushy, but somebody who is very adamant about what they want and when they want it, and it doesn't align with what you have to offer. And therefore that might bring up some feelings, um, of like not being able to accommodate all of the people, which is unrealistic. We can't accommodate everyone in our practice. Um, you know, if we try to accommodate everyone, then we end up, you know, not really serving anyone. Uh, it's, it's kind of how that goes. So if we make that exception, um, again, in the long run, that could lead to a feeling of resentment, a feeling of frustration. And, um, that might also show up with um, exceptions for rates, right? Like, you know, giving somebody a, a sliding scale rate, even though all of the slots that you have reserved for sliding scale clients are full. Um, but because of guilt, uh, feeling that you need to serve this particular individual you give the sliding scale rate and, um, and again, that then impacts um, your time, that the time that you're going to need to work to earn what you need to keep your business operational and, and your home expenses operational. So you have the right to say no, and it's important to say no, I can't do it but I can give you some referrals for people who might be able to do that or refer them to Open Path Collective that has um, lower feed rates available uh, in a whole, all of the people that are on that site offer lower feed rates. Um, and then another way this might show up might be not taking lunchtime, like, scheduling yourself all the way through the day and not having a lunch break. And then that impacts your energy level, um, your mood, um, and you know, it, it's not healthy, right? That means you're prioritizing your business over you. And many of us might come into our practices working in environments that rewarded that type of behavior. And so we have to undo a little bit of conditioning there to say, no, I have the right to schedule a 30 minute lunch for myself and go sit outside and enjoy some fresh air or go on a short walk um, so that I can refuel myself. And, and we have the right to do that without feeling guilty. And the other way that might show up is accepting opportunities that while might relate to mental health and might relate to your practice, they may not actually be aligned with your vision. And so an example of that is uh, when I first created my practice and it was just me, 
I was kind of doing it as a hybrid where I contracted with um, other agencies out in the community to provide groups on their um, on their sites. And then I saw, you know, individual clients in the practice. And then eventually I've just gotten so busy to where I can no longer do that. And I haven't really found any, you know, other therapist that's willing to go out and, um, and do those groups in the community. A lot of them are a little bit, uh, uh, farther away from where I practice. So it, it's it's a commitment. It's a time commitment just to get there and back. So that makes it a little bit challenging. And so I've had to say no to many opportunities uh, because I know that if I did say yes to it, it would take time away from what I'm really trying to accomplish in the long-term goals for the vision for my businesses. Um, so you have the right to say yes or to say no without feeling guilty. And um, the second thing, the second bill is you have the right to make mistakes, to course correct or change your mind. And um, one of the things that Terry points out is that every choice doesn't have to be a life sentence. We don't have to um, stick with how we've designed something uh, if it's not working for us. And I think that's really important as a practice owner to, um, or business owner, not necessarily even with practice, but to say, okay, this was my original design and it's really not working for me. Um, I, I need to alter how I've structured this. And, um, and that might come in a variety of ways. So uh, for example, maybe you, you started seeing clients and at that time in your life, you, um, you were single and you were like, well, I can see people until eight at night. That's not a big deal. And then I can sleep in, in the morning. I can get started a little bit later and lo and behold, your life changes and you find yourself, you know, now you're, you're settling down and, um, your clients have gotten used to being able to see you until 8 p.m., but you want to change that and you want to stop seeing clients at five. Um, and that's okay. You can do that and you should do that if that's what you want. Just because we started doing it that way doesn't mean that we have to continue doing it that way. And if a client is upset when we have to make those changes, it's an opportunity for some therapeutic work to occur in terms of being flexible. How do we manage frustration when things change in our lives? How do we emotionally um, cope when things that are important to us change and that change is outside of our control? So um, I know many therapists that over the years, they change their schedule um, frequently based on what's going on in their family life, right? So they might have a different structure for seeing clients during the school year because their children are in school. And they might have a completely different schedule during the summer months. If that's what works for you, then you should do it because you, your business, you created your business to work for you. You created your business to create a sense of ease in your life, to create freedom in your life, to practice the way you want to practice, to earn an income that you decide upon, not that somebody else dictates for you. So it's important to honor when you need to make those changes in your business. Um, the third bill in Terry's Bill of Rights is you have the right to negotiate for your preferences, desires, and needs. 
And the way she talks about it is that you're the only one who knows what those are. And sometimes as especially particularly, especially particularly, (laughs) it's a little redundant, I guess, but um, particularly with um, women, we are brought up to be pleasers. We are brought up to be self-sacrificing in many situations. Um, We're told, um, you know, don't be a bee. Uh, You know, if you challenge somebody, then you're a bee and that's not okay. You know, you don't want to be difficult. You don't want to make a scene. Um, And the truth is, when when we don't respect our own preferences, desires, and needs, that's going to show up in um, in how we interact with people when those things aren't being respected, uh, because we've never said anything about it, right? Um, and this often shows up in passive aggressive behavior, and I think that's why we see a lot more passive aggressive um, communication styles amongst females than we do males because males are taught to um, speak up, command it, demand it, um, to negotiate, to ask for more, right? We're taught just accept what's offered. So I think when it comes to our, our business, we need to um, really negotiate for our preferences, desires, and needs based on how we structure it. And this might show up when we're working with others and we're bringing others onto our team and they have different ideas about how we're to operate our business or what it should look like. And I'm not saying that we don't want to take those things under consideration. Um, I know I certainly do. I try to be very open and listen for ideas because sometimes other people have really fabulous ideas and, uh, and they make sense. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's integrate it. Let's put it into action. Perfect. That aligns um, with making all of our lives easier. Let's do it. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And so at that point, it's really important for us to hold that ground and we can do so assertively um, without, you know, being rude or condescending. The fourth is you have the right to express and honor all of your feelings if you choose to. And, um, and again, this this is probably not going to um, relate to how you're engaging with clients, but this is going to relate to how you're engaging with the other people on the administrative side of your business, right? If you've hired somebody and they're working for you and they're not meeting your expectations, then you have the right to express that and you have the right to set limits and terms around uh, whether or not you'll be able to continue working with that individual. And I think this part is really hard, right? As a therapist, we really want to give people the benefit of the doubt. We really want to give people every opportunity to rise up to showing the best part of themselves and give people the opportunity to make mistakes and support them in um, and growing and learning from those. But sometimes when it comes to doing business, that may not be the right time to hold that space for somebody else. Okay. And that's hard. That's hard. I remember the first time I was, I had 
hired a virtual assistant and it was a company and the company matched you with an individual assistant. And the first person that I got was fabulous. And I had spent like an hour getting to know them, talking about how I would like them to answer phone calls, to manage clients that client inquiries and things like that. And they were wonderful. And then something happened. I think maybe they got sick. I'm not really sure, but I got transferred to somebody else, which lasted for a very short time, maybe a week and a half or something. But again, I had to spend an hour with that person kind of onboarding them. And then they left and then another person, and then they weren't doing a good job. And I thought, what am I doing? I'm spending a ton of money and I'm, I'm wasting my energy and now I'm pissed. I'm really angry. And, and so I said, okay, I can't do business with this company anymore. And had I stayed, had that never happened, if I would have stayed with the first person who was amazing, like I definitely would have stayed with that company, but because I kept getting bounced around and the feedback that I was getting from my clients wasn't positive. I, I said, well, I can't give, I can't give more opportunities to correct the problem. I've tried, tried talking with them. I can't give more opportunities to correct the problem because it's impacting my business negatively. And, um, and so I had to terminate that um, contract and, you know, go move on and hire another company and go from there. So sometimes that's going to happen. And that first time that you have to do that um, might feel a little bit difficult if you've never been in like management before and never had to terminate someone and and go through that um, dialogue. Um, But once you do, it feels very empowering because you know that you you did what was in the best interest of yourself and your company. The next is the fifth uh, bill in the Bill of Rights is you have the right to voice your opinion, even if others disagree. Again, I think this is this comes up in terms of you know working with other people bringing other people on to assist you in administrative tasks. Um, I know this came up for me a couple of years ago with um, one of my assistants and like, she's amazing. And we were able to have a, like an easy conversation about it. Um, And it was like, she had an idea of what I should be doing to, for us to manage my email. And her idea was like, put me over the edge. I was like, no, I'm asking you to deal with the email because I'm so overwhelmed. I, I can't, I can't prioritize time to deal with the email because there's hundreds of emails coming in every day and I don't have time to sort through and label and organize or, or to tell you which ones to respond to. I need you to open them up. I need you to figure out a system to do that. We worked through it, but I knew that if I would have accepted what she was trying, the way she was trying to design it, I would have been mad at her. I would have been frustrated with her. And the truth is, it wouldn't be her fault. It would be mine because I didn't honor the way I know I needed it to be accomplished for me. So when you can honor it, it really helps um, in your working relationships. And that's all I had to tell her was, it's not that I don't think that your system is effective. It's, I know I'm not going to be able to execute it. I don't have the time or mental energy to execute it. It's way too complicated for me and therefore I'm not going to do it. And that's gonna create more problems. So when we know ourselves, um, we can communicate in a way 
that um, even if we have a, a disagreement about the way things should be done, we can work towards um, a compromise. Here's a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by Florida Art Therapy Services, a small group art therapy practice offering telehealth and in-office individual and group therapy services, as well as continuing education and professional development and workshops for therapists. Florida Art Therapy Services has multiple continuing education opportunities coming up in 2022. We'll be offering our signature 12-hour qualified supervisor training for licensed mental health folks in Florida. That would be the LCSW, LMFT, and LMHCs. That'll be offered on May 22nd and 23rd. This course has all the things that you need to be able to get started offering qualified supervision to folks pursuing licensure in Florida, and we make it fun and interactive and break it up with lots of experientials throughout the training. And we're going to also be offering a new course. It's a six-hour supervision in art therapy course specifically for art therapists in need of the continuing education hours to provide supervision for colleagues pursuing their ATR. And this will be offered on June 3rd. All these trainings are online via Zoom, so you can take them no matter where you are. And we're also going to be offering the EPICS visual-based career assessment training, which is based on the Holland Codes and was developed by art therapist Karen Anderson Vignon. It's going to be a two and a half hour CE event, and you'll be able to take the assessment and learn how you can use this dynamic tool with clients. And it's going to be taught by Karen herself. If you want to learn more about Epics, uh, check out episode 62 of the podcast, uh, which features a conversation with her and myself all about uh, how she developed the assessment tool and how she's utilizing it to help people find their ideal career. And if you're interested in learning more about these or any other continuing education opportunities that Florida Art Therapy Services has to offer, head on over to the website www.floridaarttherapyservices.com. In the menu bar, you'll just click on continuing education and there'll be a drop down and you can choose uh, from the variety of trainings that we offer, CEUs provided by Florida Art Therapy Services. Um, are offered by CE provider number 50-21407 by the Florida Board of Clinical Social Work, Marriage and Family Therapy and Mental Health Counseling, and that expires on March 31st, 2023. And that's one of the clauses that we have to include when we're promoting um, the trainings that we offer. So head on over to the website again, floridaarttherapyservices.com and click on continuing education and you'll find all the continuing ed offerings that we have. And the sixth uh, bill in the bill of rights is you have the right to be treated with respect, consideration and care. And um, I think, you know, the way Terry talks about it is you know, if we're overworking ourselves, if we're like an overfunctioner, if we're overgiving, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to pull in people that continue to do that. And they're going to refer people that say, hey, this person goes above and beyond all the time, right? And then what are we going to have for ourselves and for um, the people that we care about at home. So it's important for us to um, prioritize ourselves. If we don't prioritize ourselves, then um, we're not going to give our business the best opportunity to grow, evolve, and really become profitable because we're going to run out of steam. We're going to run out of energy. And um, in my opinion, I think our self-care needs to be the number one thing 
on our to-do list every day? How do we set ourselves up at the beginning of the day to start our day in the best possible head and heart space, um, feeling good in our body, feeling clear emotionally and having energy? When we can do that, that really makes all of the heavy lifting that we might have to do throughout the day so much easier. Um, so the only one that can set that up is us, right? We have to set the boundaries with our business. And that might mean, you know what? I'm not going to see clients until 10 in the morning. And that's going to give me enough time to spend two or three hours just focusing on myself, um, you know, working out, journaling, meditating, whatever it is that you do to get your morning going, feeling your best. Um, those happen to be my three favorite things to do um, to get myself moving in the morning and just in the best headspace and heart space. Um, but you know what works for you. So the seventh uh, bill in Terry's Bill of Rights is you have the right to determine who has the privilege of being in your life. And I would like to add, and when, right? That it's not just who, but when, right? When people have the privilege of accessing you. This is really huge because many people feel when they're when they own their own business they have a mythical belief that they have to be accessible to everyone at all times and if they're not accessible then they're going to lose that potential client to come in the door they're going to lose that potential sale or or registration, or whatever it is that um, you're selling in your business, whether it's a service or a product. And I think this is a boundary that often gets um, muddled in business. So this might come up in terms of um, who's answering your phone? Are you answering your phone? Because if you're answering your phone as the primary therapist, you better have excellent, an excellent ability to cut people off and get them off the phone. Because it is so easy to um, spend, you know, 20 minutes getting somebody set up on the phone in your system. And then they want to tell you all about the presenting problem. And, um, and that takes mon uh, money out of your pocket because that's probably time that you could be seeing clients, but it, it's also taking energy. And that's where, you know, having somebody else answer the phone can be really helpful because now all of those potential incoming clients can be um, handled by somebody else that that you're, um, the way uh, Terry talks about it is using the metaphor of like being a bouncer and learning how to be a bouncer um, to yourself. So like access to you, you're the VIP. And so anything that has access to you um, should have some kind of filter right? And that might be with phones, that might be with emails. At what point do you respond to emails? Are you responding to emails ongoing throughout the day, twice a day in the morning, in the afternoon? Are you responding to every email that comes in no matter what time of day? Um, sometimes I might respond to emails at five in the morning because I'm up and I it's been like bothering me. It's on the top of my mind and I don't want to forget it. So I'll just send it off really quick. Um, but one thing that you can do if you are like that, and you're like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm up at five checking emails, is use the, the schedule time sender and, and adjust that so it looks like you're not sending it out until nine in the morning so that you're training people on when you're available for communication and when, when there's access to you, right? If somebody's texting 
um, if somebody is calling the office, which I'm always surprised, like when people will call, like people will call sometimes it's really late or really early. Um, you don't have to answer that. Like let the, let the voicemail or the messaging system take that um, and then respond to that when, you know, according to your time clock. And um, if you ever work with somebody who doesn't respect your time and wants extra phone calls, like, have you ever gotten that email where it's like, please call me when you can? Okay, I don't even know why I'm calling you. Um, that immediately spikes my um, stress level a little bit. And I have to say, no, their urgency is not my emergency. I will respond to them at my convenience, even though they said when you get a chance, it would still feel like an urgent thing to me, especially if somebody says, call me when you have a chance. Um, I, I don't know why. That's just, you know, uh, how I'm wired, I guess, and I'm working on overcoming that. Um, so this, this, this particular Bill of Rights really resonates with me because I think I have been an overextender of my time. And, um, and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't have the luxury of being able to do that anymore to accomplish the goals and, and the vision that I have set out for myself. Um, so when somebody does that, you know, if, if they're doing that repeatedly, then the next bill of rights is communicate your boundaries, limits, and deal breakers, right? Um, so communicate with them. If you're, if I'm going to call you and, um, I'm not able to get off the phone with you, I'm going to have to charge you for that time. Or if they're writing extensive emails, um, same thing. I'm not going to be able to uh, respond back in email uh, in this way. We can talk about it in the session. We can schedule a session to talk about that. Um, we teach people how to treat us. So we're responsible for communicating that, nope, I'm not able to do that. I'm going to need to charge for that time. So <clears throat> I already said uh, number eight in the Bill of Rights was, you know, you have the right to communicate your boundaries, limits, and deal breakers. So what are your non-negotiables, right? Like what, um, what isn't okay with you in your business, right? Who, right? This is, this might be where niching is really helpful as expressive arts therapists or experiential based therapists, oftentimes our modality, our, um, our approach to treatment is a niche, but what about the folks that we're serving? Like who are those people? And um, you know, that might be the, the non-negotiable, right? So for example, um, like somebody calling in looking for um, treatment for uh, with with a history of domestic violence or somebody with a history of sexual you know sexual assault um, as the perpetrator that might be a non-negotiable for you right and that's okay as long as we communicate that like nope this is out of my scope of practice I'm gonna refer you out and. That's really important. And again, I know I already said it earlier, when we're, when we're just starting out, it might seem easy to say yes to everybody, but we don't have to. And when we, we say yes to everybody, we're filling up our calendar with appointments that are going to drain our energy, that aren't going to be ideal clients for us, and that we're going to be working a lot harder and draining ourselves a lot more. So be clear who who are, who are the people that you want to work with and who are the people that you definitely don't want to work with? Um, time, right? Time with clients. What are the times that you're available to see them? I remember early on in my career, and this is this, um, I wouldn't say it like predates EHR, but it, it was 
there were there weren't as many of like the private practice EHRs that are on the market now. It was like just kind of starting. And so I still had everything in my paper planner. So I would have to like write in my appointments using initials to keep it um to keep it uh confidential. But you know, people like look over, you know, they look over onto like your planner and they're like, oh, I see time over there. And you're like, I'm not where I don't work on that day. I don't work on that day. Are you sure you can't see me just that one time? Mm, just that one time becomes a slippery slope to, well, that's the best time for me. That's the best time for me. So hold true on the time that you're available. And this is also true with like, administrative responsibilities keep the contract with yourself if you say this is the day and the time to do this particular task reserve that for that and don't change it right if you have people that are helping you and that are working for you are there like what are the times that you expect them to be available for you, right? We have to be communicating that. Um, and maybe there's non-negotiables about the way in which they work or um, how they uh, you know, approach certain things. And um, maybe it's a non-negotiable about how people function within your office space if you're a group practice owner. Right, maybe people aren't respecting the uh, materials that you have, or are leaving the space a mess. You know, what are your non-negotiables, and how do you communicate those to people? And be willing to hold that boundary. I often talk with um, with parents about you know limit setting and consequences. Like, don't give an empty threat. If you're going to say that you're going to do something, follow through and be consistent and hold true to your word. When you hold true to your word, that's sending the message to yourself that, that I am important, I am worthy of this, that um, I, I'm not willing to tolerate this particular behavior in my life um, or this particular behavior in my office, in my business. Um, so if you have to set limits with staff and they're not being responsive to it, um, being willing to follow through and have that difficult conversation of, then I might have to say, we have to end our contract, right? Or we have to, um, we're, we're going to have to terminate our relationship. Um, and then number eight Oh no, I already said number eight. That was the boundaries, limits, and deal breakers. This number, the number nine in the Bill of Rights. You have the right to prioritize your self-care without feeling selfish. How often do you celebrate your wins in your business? How often do you celebrate what you've been able to accomplish and build and create from nothing? That's that's an enormous task. It's huge. Think about it. Most of us don't take that time. We don't take that time to reward ourselves and, and celebrate and do something special. Um, and I think that that's really, really important. I was uh, focusing on doing this through like travel trips for myself. Um, and then of course COVID hit. And so I haven't, uh, I haven't been doing that as frequently, um, but that's my plan. Like now that things are starting to change and hope knock on wood, um, hopefully uh, things don't go back to the way they were um, in terms of like travel bans and things like that. But uh, that's something that for me, I feel like, you know, I work really, really hard and I am doing that because I want to experience awe-inspired vantage points in the world. I want to be out in nature and um, to feel 
you know, expansive and free and connected with something greater than myself. And, um, and it's hard to experience that in the routine of every day and in the office, right? So um, traveling is one of the ways that I reward myself. But, you know, if you're a person that loves, um, you know, designer bags or designer shoes or, um, you know, or maybe like a great meal, right? Um, do that, honor that, you know, make sure that you're, you're celebrating yourself um, and it's not selfish to, uh, to do so. And while I know she's talking about like self-care and yes, um, I, I think celebrating your wins is part of self-care. Um, you know, I also think I talked about that in um, number five, uh, you know, you deserve respect, consideration, and care, right? That prioritizing your, um, your self-care should be the number one thing on your to-do list every day, right? You don't want to go into work feeling depleted and angry or, or burned out. You want to go in feeling energized so that you can really be present with the people that you're called to serve and really be able to hold space with them. And number 10, you have the right to talk true, to be seen, and to live free. And um, this might mean sometimes that we have to ignore other people's good opinions of us the way we're structuring our business, the policies that we have in place in our business, the um, choices that we make in our business, uh, the decision to offer coaching in our business, for example. Um, that has been a largely controversial issue for a number of years um, in, in terms of the therapy community, there's been a lot of therapists. And I think that there are, there's still a lot of therapists that are very anti-coaching and believe that coaching is taking clients away from them. Um, and I know a couple of years ago before I before I started the podcast, I was kind of fleshing out some ideas and I was in like a uh, therapy group forum and um, and I was talking about that and I'm wanting to um, add coaching and somebody just ripped me a new one and told me how um, that in the state that they're in they're on the licensing board and they they're they're pursuing um, you know calling those people out and having them lose their license. And it was very intimidating, I, I will say. And I had to explain, you know, I'm doing, my plan to do coaching is um, to help people grow their business, um, which is very different from what I do clinically. And I see them as two different skill sets. Um, while we're still using many of the same skills that we have as therapists, uh, when we're coaching or consulting, um, we're not getting into uh, depth. We might mention, we might make mention, you know, for somebody to think about the origins of certain beliefs that might be holding them back, but we're not going to go down, the, you know, go down that road and reprocess that and you know, integrate that, uh, that that's, you know, work for the therapy room. We're just going to focus on, um, you know, how to reframe, how to restructure, how to alter um, different ways of doing things to help them achieve the outcome that they're looking for in their business. So if I were to like, listen to other people's thoughts about that, I probably never would have, I never would have made the podcast, honestly. I never, I never would have created um, the 
Creative Clinicians Corner and the, the space to uh, provide consulting to other therapists so that they could they could do the same. They could talk their truth. They could be seen. They could be free to um, create a business um, and provide services in the way that makes the most meaning for them and those they're called to serve. And so I really encourage you to um, do the same. Talk your truth. Be seen. Um, create a life that allows you the freedom that you want, desire, and deserve in your life. Um, so other people are always going to have good opinions, but let's just choose to think that um, any limiting talk about what we're doing is really um, is really about their belief and what what they're able to accomplish, or maybe there's some limiting uh, mindset stuff that is uh, causing them to believe that the way you're structuring uh, isn't uh, the best way or, or it shouldn't be happening or what have you. So I hope that this was helpful for you in thinking about the importance of boundaries in our business, not just um, in the relationship with the client in the room. Um, if you enjoyed that, I highly recommend that, um, that you check out the work of Terry Cole and you can find, um, you can find her, her copy of the, the Boundary Boss Bill of Rights on her website, which is T-E-R-R-I-C-O-L-E.com forward slash boundary boss dash bill dash of dash rights and of course um her book is on there and she has a great podcast too um highly recommend that uh that you check check her work out all right everybody i hope you have a great rest of your week and i will talk with you next week Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Creative Psychotherapist Podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode on the importance of boundaries in your business. Um, if you want to hear about certain topics, um, you want to hear from certain people, um, anything that you would want us to talk about on the show, please drop an email and let us know at creativeclinician at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.